Hi, my name is Greg Pedix, and welcome to the seventh edition of Fantasy Comic Book Editor League. Um, so, uh, I basically 45 minutes ago just finished the last episode recording it, and I wanted to take a cigarette break and drink more wine and Pepsi. And I figured I'd listen to it while I did it, make sure there wasn't anything, you know, too off about it. The sound was good. But once again, I fucked up and have to backtrack. As I've told you earlier, I am uh, too technologically ignorant to figure out on Anchor FM how to edit things. So I just ramble and spout out. And if I make make a mistake, the next episode I correct it. Uh, Hopefully I'll learn this soon, how to do this, because I know it's probably annoying to listeners. But I made a pretty big mistake. And it's not necessarily a mistake. I just realized there was a better use of this title for a more apropos artist at a later date. So in about 20 episodes, you'll find out about it. But uh, the mistake was uh, the Amazing Tales Annual for uh, 1950, I said was Gilgamesh by Frank Frazetta. And I was thinking about it. Looking at my other notes for the other decades, the future decades of amazing comics. And I was like, nah, there's a better artist for that later on. I don't even know if he was born in 1950, so obviously he couldn't draw it then. But I still want Frank Frazetta, of course. And there's another reason why I want this change. And I guess I should say the title first and then tell you. So instead of Gilgamesh by Frank Frazetta, The Amazing Tales Annual for 1950 is going to be King Arthur. And the epic of King Arthur, all those tales from the Middle Ages, um, I guess I could have turned it into a series of Amazing Tales ongoing. There's probably lots of stories. But I kind of want to just do a nice big chunk. Also because that same year, as I said last episode, The Crimson Knight starts, drawn by Joe Manili. All, you know, tales of daring do and in the days of old, of the the nights of old. So that would give a nice background because, you know, King Arthur is the sui generis of all the night tales. And um, so that would be, that's my errata for this one. I'm sure there'll be many more. <clears throat> Another thing I had a, a little more quibbly is that when I was talking about Beowulf, I misspoke. And I uh, said that when, you know, Beowulf leads his army of Geats to help out the the other people fight Grendel. <clears throat> it wasn't Herod. It was Rothgar. Well, Rothgar. <clears throat> but I still pronounce it Rothgar. Because in high school, I had a teacher named Miss... Mrs. Wynn, she was from New England. So I just always remember her pronouncing it Rathgar, even though it's pronounced Rothgar, for people who can pronounce ours correctly. So that's it. Those are my corrections. And I'm sorry, I'm such a chucklehead. And uh, now that that's out of the way, we can move on to 1951 in the saga 
that is the Amazing Comics Group. The best comic book company that never was. So 1951, we got some other great developments happening. So um, first of all, I want to talk about our two new titles for this year. Yep, once again, we're not going to just have one new title, two. Because we got a lot of things we want to get out. There's just too many great artists out there. And we want to utilize them. And also characters and genres we want to explore. So the first new title, 1951, Gunhawk by Doug Wildly. Now, obviously I haven't thought this through too much. I don't think I need to. Gunhawk is basically going to be your archetypical great Western hero. He's going to go all through the Old West. It's all going to be, you know, well-researched. And he'll interact with lots of historical characters from that time. But it's also not going to be locked into that. It's not going to be some boring historical treatise on the Old West. It's going to be a fun Western comic. He's going to get in lots of kind of crazy adventures. Um, I'd almost like to imagine that even though it's 13 years before this comic started, it would be like Lieutenant Blueberry shit, you know? It would be like really well done Western comics, um, complex characters, not a guy in a white hat and a guy in a black hat, you know? It would just be good Western shit. Lots of action, lots of good characters. And Doug Wildly, man, probably considered one of the finest Western comic artists of all time. And, you know, that's a good uh, score there. Um, Doug Wiley drew a bunch of great Western comics in the 50s. Um, to head and shoulders above most artists at the time. He was really good. Then he left the comics field and for decades didn't do anything because he went into animation. Much more lucrative, a lot less work and hassle. You know, good for him. Uh, you might know him as a non-comic fan, he basically created Johnny Quest, that cartoon. That was kind of his brainchild. But he did tons of animation work for all the studios and Saturday morning cartoons. And then in the 80s, though, he actually came back to comics and drew his own Western comics. He had a comic called Rio that he owned. And those were beautiful. I mean, he he didn't lose any chops at all. In fact, he got better. He gained more chops. And so in his old age, he came back to comics. He didn't have to. He probably had a lot of money from animation, could still work in the field, because he was like one of the big guys in you know, TV animation. Very well-respected and well-regarded. But he loved comics. Who, who doesn't? <laughs> who shouldn't? So I think that's going to be a damn good Western comic. A great addition to the Amazing Comics group. So the second title released that year is another Western. But from the other side of the Cowboys and Indians motif. And it's a comic called Renegade. And people could argue about this. It's going to be drawn by definitely more output for Western comics, 
But yeah, one of the finest Western comics artists ever, John Severin. And, uh, you know, I imagine John Severin's been around since the late 40s. He's been in The Amazing Comics Fool, I'm sure, because he was pretty damn good. Even his early crude style, which wasn't fully, you know, developed. Still re- really good later Golden Age artist. So he, he'd be doing short stories for us all over the place whenever there's time. But in 1951, we give him his own title, Renegade. So this would be Tales of the Old West, you know, from the Native American point of view. And which a lot of people didn't do back then. And it was always the cowboys were the good guys and the Indians were the bad guys. But as we know from reading history, that definitely wasn't the case. So he's going to be this kick-ass Native American hero. And it's going to be fun as hell. But I think at the time it would have been pretty damn special. Just the fact that, hey, we're going to... Tell this side, which not many people were doing, even outside of comics. Definitely TV and movies didn't really do it either. And uh, so I think that's going to be a great comic and another great addition to our line. So we got that, that going now. So, of course, they all take place in the Old West. So there will be crossovers every now and then, you know. They're going to meet each other, and they're probably going to be on opposite sides. But they'll both uh, realize that, yeah, this guy's a good egg. And uh, maybe they'll probably team up and stuff. But sometimes circumstances will have them uh, be on opposing forces, and that'll be very interesting storytelling. And uh, it won't be all cut and dry. Good guy, bad guy shit. So I think that's great. I like that we're introducing both of our Westerns at once. So they can kind of grow together. I think maybe they'll even take place in the same time period. Exactly. So they will be showing the same year, year by year. Um, and what's going on on this side? What's going on on that side? What were the European settlers doing? Cowboys? And what were the Native Americans doing at the same time? So there you go. So of course... Uh, Also, in 1951, every summer, we have our Amazing Tales Annual, uh, which every year is a different thing. And this one's kind of a stretch, but I think it would have been great. So, uh, the annual for 1951 from Amazing Tales, Animal Farm by Carl Barks. Now, Carl Barks basically his whole life, all he did was draw comics for young, young readers. Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck. But they were really well done. And his storytelling, even though it was skewed for this younger age, was, you know, better than a lot of writers who were writing for an older age, a more mature age. He was just a damn good comic book craftsman and storyteller. So, Eddie drew funny animals. So, it would be kind of weird. But then again, the Amazing Comics group is beholden to no one. And we do what we want. So, how great would it be in 1951 to have an adaption, sorry, adaptation of Animal Farm. Drawn by Carl Barks. 
the king of funny animal comics. John Napoleon the pig and, you know, Benjamin the donkey, all those guys. It would be, uh, I think it would be amazing. I think it would be a damn good comic. And uh, it would be revered to this day as uh, something really, really great. So that's where we stand there, 1951. Those are the new titles. Um, Of course, I didn't really talk about this last time, though it doesn't really need to be said, but things are going to keep chugging along. Amazing Weekly. And I didn't, I always forget to mention that Fun Weekly, every year is going to have an annual too. And uh, I haven't thought about it enough, specifically what they are. But, you know, I figure you can't go wrong with, even if it was every single year in Fun Weekly, the annual was just Carl Barks doing his character, time-traveling character, just in time, doing the big annual giant story of them. Because he was known to do that in those Dell Four Color specials with, about Uncle Scrooge and stuff. So that'll keep chugging along. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm double checking my list. I think I've covered. Oh, no, I haven't. I almost forgot. Okay, so there are some changes in Amazing Tales, the monthly comic. And, woo, good thing I looked over there. So it's uh, most of the features are exactly the same. Well, three of them, three out of five are. So Beowulf by Frazetta, Robin Hood by Joe Manili, Seahawk by Reed Crandall. But in 1951, we're going to lose Mowgli. We're going to lose uh, Mowgli from the Jungle Book. We've, he's had 11 years to... We've had 11 years to tell lots of great, fun jungle tales and adapt every story from Mordier Kipling that, about Mowgli. But, you know, you know, every everything must run its course. And So, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, so now the fourth feature in Amazing Tales. Every month, 12 pages. It's going to be Tatanyan. I know I'm pronouncing that badly. D'Artagnan. And the artist will be Bernard Craigstein. The fucking comic book genius. Who was barely in comics. He was probably there for like eight years. Because comics were too dumb for him. Um, not the not the medium. He was one of the few people who realized that the medium didn't have to be dumb. But the editors did not agree. And... He basically got frustrated, went into fine art, did all his paintings. He was a pretty well-regarded fine artist after he left comics. But every now and then he would dabble in it. Even after he left comics, you'd hear stories about him like, oh, we tried to get this project off the ground where he'd adapt some old novel for some publisher. But, you know, it wasn't the time. People just thought, no, this is comic books are kid stuff. You can't do that. Nobody's going to buy it. And, uh... But, you know, I figure, you know, the three musketeers, the four musketeers, all the stories that interact with in that world, there's a lot. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe even the man in the iron mask is from, fits into that universe. So instead of just having an annual that does the three musketeers, I was thinking, yeah, D'Artagnan, sorry, D'Artagnan, should I just call him D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan was like he's 
not only in all those books there's plenty of stories, but of course we can go beyond. What was D'Artagnan doing in between this book and that book? And they're all pretty fun stories. You know, swordsmen in France. Yeah, there could be a lot of... That could spin off for a while. And having Bernard Crickstein draw it at that time, because, you know, that was when he was... He was still really good at that point. Definitely had his style locked in since the late 40s. He didn't become full-on as arty as he became, if you will. That's the only word I can think of right now. But he did. Um, it would have been great. Just a great adventure comic. Drawn intelligently and thoughtfully. And it's fucking Bernard Creekstein. As much Bernard Creekstein as we can get in before he leaves comics... We are going to do that. So that's what starts in 1951. That's going to go on for quite a few years. Okay, the fifth feature I'm even more excited about. And uh, not only am I excited about the feature on its own, it leads into the first major, major crossover in the amazing comics world, universe, group, whatever, what have you. And uh, we'll talk about that in a few episodes. But the fifth feature every month in Amazing Tales, uh, kicking out the Greek myths and short stories for a little while, is going to be Divine Comedy by Basil Wolverton. Holy shit, that would be so good. Basil Wolverton, you know, very religious man in his private life. So we definitely have an affinity for the the material. But man, like, divine comedy going down to hell and then purgatory and paradise. Every year would be one of the, you know, one part of the trilogy. So uh, uh, the first one would be, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno. The first year, Basil Wolverton would adapt it. He could draw all the nightmarish, you know, landscapes of hell, which I think Basil Wolverton would be pretty damn good at doing. And, uh, man, that would be good. Oh, I'm excited. And, um, you know, like I've said earlier, you know, like other than Hieronymus Bosch, you know, yeah, Basil Wolverton might be the second guy you'd want to see that drawn by. So... Oh, I'm glad I didn't forget to mention that. So that's where we are in Amazing Tales. Finally, some changes. And uh, most of that stuff's going to be the same for a few years. That that uh, lineup of features is going to be pretty consistent for the next three or four years. So that's where we stand there. And uh, I guess just to reiterate, uh, you know, Amazing Weekly, Fun Weekly, still chugging along. The features are still pretty much popping up there. You know, uh, as they have since the 40s, you know. Of course, new things come in. And uh, newer things will be coming in uh, later. But, you know, we're still going to have Basil Wolverton. will still be cranking out space hocktails. Especially because it's the 50s when everyone was like space crazy. And all these sci-fi comics got big. And, you know... Prince Valiant will still be the reprint center spread and still have spirit tales. Plastic Man, Hey Look by Kurtzman, all that stuff. Booty Rogers still doing Babe. Fun Weekly will still have Captain Marvel by C.C. Beck. 
Sparky Watts by Booty Rogers. Jingle Dink, Jingle Tales will still be going. Carlson drew up to the early 50s. Still did comics. Tintin by Hergé and Carl Barks doing Just in Time and Walt Kelly doing Pogo. And uh, Center Spread will still be Little Nemo by Winston McKay. I'm pretty sure that comic lasted over 10 years. So I think there'll still be some Little Nemos. And Wolverton doing tons of shit in there. <clears throat> when he's not doing Powerhouse Pepper, he's just filling up the pages with uh, one-page gags and little short stories about all his crazy characters. And John Stanley will still be cranking out shit. So, sorry to be so repetitious. That's not a word, is it? Repetitious? I'm not sure anymore. Uh, Words, concepts, ideas. I'm confused. So, yeah, so that's where we stand. I believe we have seven titles now already. And two of them are weeklies. So we are cranking shit out. But Amazing Comics Group owns its own publishing, printing presses, and distribution. <clears throat> so the more we crank out, the better it is for our company. We got to keep those presses rolling. And uh, I think uh, I'm excited to get into the next episode, 1952. Not as excited as, excited as this one, because there were some thrilling changes. At least I think so. But next, uh, 1952, some new title, a new title, maybe two, kind of hammering that down as we speak. And, um, but everything else is going to kind of be in stasis. So, um, that's it for this episode. But before I go, I would like to also say I really want to hear your comments and hear your fantasy comic book editor fantasies as long as they're not too erotic and um i'm I'm easily aroused and i don't like it so you can text me or fuck you can even call me i don't have that many friends at 503-880-4545 and that's on the the west coast pacific standard time so uh, factor that in when you call or text. Um, yeah, I would love to have more uh, interaction with listeners, if there are any. And uh, I guess that's it for this podcast, this episode. And I will see you soon, maybe in 45 minutes. I'll see how much wine I can keep drinking and still barely function by 